Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This week on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, we are continuing our look into the Florida independent wrestling scene. Jeremy Gomez, the head of Generation Championship Wrestling, is back. His name has been said a lot on this show and online recently, so he is here to provide more context and to respond to some of the things that were said about him by Mr. Michael L. Ray. Plus, we have Greg from Ultimate Sports Talk. He's going to join me to talk all things WrestleMania and also give some information about his fantastic sports website. That's right. But before we get into any of that stuff, listen, folks, my friends over at Panera Bread, you know, they have that unlimited sip club. Check this out. Once every two hours, you can get an iced coffee, a hot coffee or a hot tea. And that's all for just $8.99 per month. It is wonderful. I love it. When I'm on the go, I know that if there's a Panera Bread nearby, I can stop and get myself something to drink. It's really fantastic. Okay, and right now they're running a special. Your first three months are free if you are a new subscriber. So they're giving you an opportunity to try it out. So what are you waiting for? Head over to PaneraBread.com or walk into your nearest Panera Bread and sign up for the Unlimited Sip Club. I'm telling you right now, it's fantastic. That's right. Now let's get on with the show, baby. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. You know, what? one of the things about Duke loves wrestling is that for... Going on six years, we're literally coming up on the anniversary in a couple weeks here. The show has had so many different incarnations because, of course, I will interview anyone and everyone. If you are somebody who's a newsmaker, if you have something interesting that I I want my audience to hear about, yeah, I want to talk to you. And through the years, there is something about Florida that somehow, some way, like a magnet, I find myself going back there and and really discussing Florida wrestling with the wrestlers, the promoters, the fans. I just can't get away from it. And it's really interesting because I was I was talking to somebody the other day and I realized that on YouTube, I'm going to I'm going to do this too. I'm going to create a Florida playlist because I have so many conversations from this show about what's going on in the Florida wrestling scene, especially the independent wrestling scene down there, that legitimately people, this might be one of the most comprehensive um, places to go to get this type of data. It's just, and, and now we're talking six years, but it's not just what's happening now. It's also what's happened in the past and what's being predicted to happen in the future. And you can kind of see this stuff go up and down. Really interesting. So, our guest this week is someone that has been very influential on this show. You know, been on the show a bunch of times, good friend of the show, and and 
someone who I blame very much for this whole Florida uh, uh, reputation that I've gotten. Okay, this guy is is responsible for somehow, some way, keeping me in the Florida scene, which has gotten me canceled. It's gotten me cussed out. It's gotten me threatened. Uh, people are saying that I've I ruined their businesses, the whole nine yards. So I'm telling everybody right now, <laughs> I want I want to thank or blame our guest this week for for having this this Yankee from Boston, this guy that has nothing to do with down there. I've literally spent maybe a total of twelve days of my life in Florida, like literally in my thirty nine years of my life. I've spent 12 days in Florida total, and yet somehow, some way, the greater world is like Duke is the Florida guy. You know what I mean? For better or for worse, that's who I am now, folks. So without further ado, welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling. He is the head honcho of Generation Championship Wrestling, Mr. Jeremy Gomez. What's going on there, Gomez? <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? It's a great idea, by the way, man. You should do that on YouTube. I would completely love to backtrack and follow the drama. <laughs> Dude, it's it's really something else. I mean, you know, in a, in a lot of wrestlers who we see on TV today, um, there's been either discussion about them or they've been on the show. And not just, you know, other wrestlers, fans, promoters. Like, there is a lot of Florida history that's been covered on this show, for better or for worse. And... I just, I just want to know right now, Jeremy Gomez, how dare you put me in a position where I'm being blamed for the woes down in, in Florida, man? I mean, listen, that's that's not what I'm supposed to be here. I'm not the promoter. So, so what's your problem here, Jeremy? Why am I in this fix? Here, here's the thing: we have we have this thing against uh, against um, people from. Um from 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 Boston, and uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's like I don't know, man. Uh, you're a good scapegoat, man. I mean, we got all these Florida people. We can just blame it on you, and you don't even live here. So it's like, just hey, toss it on Duke. Boom, clear. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you know, I I think I don't mind it because what's going on down there. First of all, Florida is the the pro wrestling capital of the world. Let's not make any mistake about that. Pro wrestling, the the heart of pro wrestling, is in Florida. So to be to be able to cover what's going on in the ecosystem down there is an honor and a privilege you know certainly it is and i don't mind being a steward to collect this history um but at the end of the day you are real people with real lives and there are real things going on down there and, and i think that it's important for everybody to recognize that so it's not just a joke it's like well these are these are real people real businesses and real lives and are really being affected by some of the things being covered here. And certainly recently we had a gentleman by the name of Mr. Uh, Michael L. Ray, who is a promoter, a manager. He's a trained pro wrestler. Um, he made some, some comments and some, some, well, that's what he, he told me. He's a trained pro wrestler. So I'm, I'm not going to tell the guy he's, he's not. Um, but he, he made some comments about you. And made some accusations about you. And, you know, when it happened, I, I reached out to you and I said, hey, Gomez, I'm, I'm about to put this out. Some things are being said about you. And you said, I don't even need to listen to it. I'll respond right away. And you ser And here's the thing. Not only did you respond right away, Gomez, you sent me a video right away responding to what Michael O'Reilly said. But 
you did it before I even uploaded the episode. And then you posted the video literally two hours before I uploaded the episode. So the world got to see Jeremy Gomez responding to something that wasn't even out. That's called scooping right away. <laughs> so so let's talk about that for a second before we go anywhere else. What, what the hell was that all about, Gomez? Well, here's the thing. To be fair, I still haven't listened to that episode, man. I've listened to a lot of your episodes. I still, because I don't, I've gotten the gist of it because everybody's fucking told me the gist of it. But I still ain't gonna listen to the episode because, like, bottom line is, sorry for scooping you. By the way, I just, I, I, I'm, I used to be all like, I explained this the other day on my on my Facebook page. Like, like this dude is, he, he's a heel. He's a heel. I don't know if he's trained. I really don't fucking know the guy. Um, I sent you a picture yesterday of how I finally figured out how I know this guy. But, but like in person, don't know this guy, never met this guy, never shook his hand. Don't know if he's trained. I thought he was a heel manager. Okay. And apparently he's a heel manager. Apparently now he owns a a part of a company or something. Not sure. Never heard of the company either. Um, but like, I just wanted everybody to make sure like, dude, back in the day when I was doing the Mr. Gomez thing all the time and I was a heel, and I was a rookie greenhorn. You know what I mean? And I didn't fucking know better. Pardon my language. Like, I did the same thing, man. I was like heat magnet, bro. I was doing dumb shit, saying dumb shit, because I just didn't know yet, man. And we've talked about it. It, it, it. As I explained on my Facebook page the other day, dude, there's a difference between being a heel and a heat magnet. Okay? One of them is not good. It might seem like you're doing the right thing, heal till death, man, heal life, blah, blah, blah. But one of them is cool. One of them is not good. And I, I kind of feel like the dude's doing the same thing. He kind of have, has the reputation that his gimmick is being a heat magnet. Like, okay, I get it. I was there. I pissed off a lot of people really quick doing it. Pissed off uh, my first book, Jay Rios. Pissed off Eddie Torres. Uh, pissed off a lot of people, pissed off people to the point where Serpenico sent me a fucking Twitter message one day, a public one and said, dude, do better. Like, and, uh, you know, I like to think that four years later, I've learned a little bit the difference. That's why I don't go around with a Mr. Gomez gimmick all the fucking time anymore. Cause it's just, it's not cool. So I, I scooped you because before I heard anything, I wanted to get out like, dude, I don't want to be drawn into that shit anymore. I don't want to be the heat magnet. I don't want me to be the center of attention. I just don't want to do that. It was dumb. I don't want the freaking the people that have been in the business longer than me thinking I'm a complete jackass. So just before anything got out, I just wanted everybody to know that, dude, don't know this guy. Uh, apparently, I did. So that was that was bullshit on my part, but I didn't know. I've, I had an interaction with him on Facebook for about two sentences before I blocked him. And I know you have the uh, the Facebook image of the outcome of that. So uh, you can post it if you want to, but uh, just bottom line, I just didn't want to be involved in it. And and that was pretty much it, man. I've been involved in enough bullshit in the past four years that I just, I just didn't need it anymore, especially from somebody I don't know, man. It's one thing if it's storyline, you know, but talk to me about it first. But, you know, this didn't seem storyline. It just seemed like somebody's out to hurt somebody. And dude, I'm old. I'm a family man now. Uh, I got two daughters. My oldest daughter's autistic. Uh, we've been through two years of a pandemic where I own two event companies. So I basically have been just living off of my fucking life savings, thankfully, and just didn't need it. Just wanted to avert it before it ever came out. And dude hasn't really well, stopped since your show, but I mean, like, you know, did the best I could. 
Well, I got to ask you directly, Gomez, and, and, and all kidding aside, Please. let's let's get to the heart of this because people want to know, um, are you sending out emails? Are, are you trying to ruin other promoters and their businesses? Because this is pretty serious stuff here. Uh, are you behind that stuff? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I give a fuck what other promoters and their company is doing. Totally. I have so much time to give a fuck what other com- companies are doing, too. <laughs> like, brother. Okay. Here's what's up. Let me let me let me speak to you and to the Michael guy. And I'm not trying to boast right now. I'm trying to be like 100% brutally honest because I'm not just a wrestling promoter. I'm a promoter in a lot of industries. Let me break it down. Dude, real promotion, really owning a company, managing all these people from all over the world and TV and YouTube and this and that and storylines and personalities and attitudes and people's problems that Actually, guess what? They bring with them while you're managing them and doing it in multiple fields at once. Wrestling, food events, music events, all this shit. Dude, I have no effing time to give a goddamn what any other company around me is doing. I could give a shit if you set up a fucking ring in the building next to me. If I want to deal with you as a company and you're a freaking rival in your opinion, set up a ring next to me. I'll just put on a better production than you. And that's how I win. I sure as shit don't do it getting on the fucking internet and typing a stern worded email for the fucking 70s. We don't write stern worded Karen emails, dude. We deal with shit like men face to face. So like, Honestly, like if I had a problem with you, I'm going to do it the old school way. I'm going to get up in your face and tell you I have a fucking problem with you. And then we can settle it like gentlemen. And then afterwards we can have a beer. And that's pretty much it. So fuck no, I'm not sending emails. And the dumbest shit about that is I got the same fucking email sent to my venue before Mania last year. Everyone knows that. Everyone. Every real promoter in Florida knows that anyone that's done any research on the business in Florida for any amount of time in the past few years, at least four since I've been in it knows that just because some upstart fucking child with goddamn fucking pig braids and a colorful fucking $60 wish jacket is trying to be a fucking heel instead of having any knowledge of what's going on around him doesn't change a thing, bro. Everybody knows I have nothing to do with that. And by the way, for the record, fuck Chasen, the person that this all stems from. Like, get over it. That's my statement. That's real Gomez. That's not That's not Mr. Gomez. That's not Jeremy Gomez trying to be politically correct. That's me. Real attitude. Bro, get the fuck over it. I'm not sending stupid fucking emails. If I have a problem with you, I will somehow track down your little attraction. I will freaking go there. I will say, hey, is Mr. The King here? When they bring Mr. The King out, I'll look you dead in your fucking face and I'll say, bro, do we have a problem? When you say, no, sir, no, sir, I was just being a heel, blah, 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 blah. Cool, problem solved, we're done. That's how I would do things. And hold on, since he he made a whole point to, hold on, since he made a whole point to have to fucking tell the world, oh, stay with me, Doke, I'm smoking right now. (laughs) Ha, 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 people, (laughs) I'm a cool guy, smoke weed. Let me pause and smoke weed for a second. Like a cool guy. Let me get on his level. Rolling shit in a blunt like a fucking child that can't afford good fucking weed, Mr. The King, please. We're talking ahead, to dude. Jeremy Gomez of Generation Championship Wrestling. I mean, he he is coming out hot Max. and heavy here. Wow. 
Okay. Just, I'm sick of fucking, dude. I'm, I'm so sick of because this is about this was he 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 got on about Florida fucking wrestling and the scene and the stupid shit and how it's struggling, brother. Some of the people in Florida are struggling because of the perception of how Florida wrestling has been. And most people's wrestling perception of Florida lately has been allegations and chasing and stupid shit and stupid shit and more stupid shit. And it looks bad and we all suffer from it. So when you get on a fucking radio or a podcast and you try to do the heel gimmick and you shoot on all these people or shoot shooting, by the way, means talking straight. If you're making up shit, you're not shooting, bro. You're bullshitting. And if you're doing this to all these other promotions in Florida, instead of building them up, bro, you are one of the problems. So if you think wrestling in Florida is hurting or something's wrong with it, then stop being part of the fucking problem. Grow up a little and fix shit for the better. Please. Your dramatic gimmick is fucking like 1998 shit. All right, bro. It's that's that, that's not how we do shit anymore. And it's funny how you always talk come after like somebody you perceive as weak or old. Because I'm sure as shit, no, you ain't coming out at fucking other people or somebody that you'll step to your face and just beat the shit out of you for talking shit. So basically, you're shit talking, and, and, and you're hurting yourself, and, and you're hurting the industry, and you're hurting, hurting the real Florida promotions that bust their ass and spend all their money to put out quality. These so-called you call them backyard promotions, brother. Dude, stop trying to put people against people. You wanted me, what you wanted me to do when you said that is you wanted me to come out and you wanted me to list my talent against your talent, and I'm not going to do that because they are all our brothers, and your talent and my talent are all the same. All awesome. It's just shit bags that need to get out. I'm not going to pit talent against talent. I'm not going to pit a company against a company, and nothing this little guy does is going to make me do that. And that's all he wants. He wanted attention. Well, you got attention now. The problem is you got nothing to back it up. How do we get to this point where promoters are calling each other out and what have you? And when originally the the concern and even in the emails, the the main concern being pushed there is people doing business with chasing rants. I mean, that's that's the the name that's like the bad word down there. And it just seems like Fact. we're getting to a point now where the heat is amongst each other. And it's like he, he continues to be whoever he is over on the other side there. And not Jason. How did we get to that point? In my opinion, and, and again, just my in just my opinion, like, dude, people will use anything to get over. And, you know, someone gets an email and they want to start pointing fingers and using it to get themselves over like and, and how would you do that? Oh, I got a dirty email. Well, let me use the same thing to fucking crush some other companies that I perceive as rivals. Like anybody will use anything nowadays to get over. And, that, and that's just bullshit. That's how we got here. So Chasen probably starts sending out emails implicating himself, That, by the way, which is my full thought, uh, and, and starts using it to turn every promotion against each other because he's that smart. You know, he might be a pedo douchebag, but he's that smart. And guess what? Now fucking promotions are fighting against each other. And get and like you said, guess where the emphasis isn't on him. So and that's where we're at. We 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 we've let dumbasses reign for so long down here and we've stopped fucking, you know, I hate to say holding court or anything. We've stopped taking accountability for it ourselves and we've gotten a little soft and and, and this is where we're at. Period. And now dumbasses are taking advantage of it. So, you know, just for the rub. Just just to get a little attention. I re- I received a tremendous amount of response to you know the last 
few episodes about what's going on down in Florida. And one of the responses I received was from independent wrestler Noah Vale. And, and Noah sent me this this tremendous um, email. And I told him, I said, hey, you know, this is this email is great, but, you know, it's just for my eyes right now. Why don't you send me a voice message and express your sentiments verbally so I can play it on the show? Everybody can hear that. Um, I want to share this with everybody if you're if you're willing. And he said, yeah, he was actually the only person who took me up on that because a bunch of other people sent things that they just wanted me to know for some reason. But it's like the world should know because this conversation is happening in front of the world and literally the world, Brazil, uh, Australia, uh you know, where else? Thailand. I'm getting response. China. I'm getting responses from all over the world about what the hell is going on down in Florida. So what's your take on on Noah Vale? Because he really stuck up for the independent wrestlers in the wrestling scene down there in Florida. Uh, is he is he on to something? Does, does Florida have a lot more to offer than what the reputation has uh, kind of saddled you folks with? Uh, Noah, um, I've, I've worked with Noah. Let me think how many about three or four, three or four different shows. Now he is one of the younger crop of talents that is coming out of Florida. Um, he's one of my daughter, Tyrion, the, my younger daughter's favorite wrestlers. Uh, he can fly. I'll tell you that much. Um, he, he can talk, uh, boy can dress, uh, <laughs> no, uh, all that, but Noah's part of this little group coming out of, um, coming out of the Tampa area. Um, Group of a bunch of people. They like they've they've got this little alliance thing going going right now. Uh, Y'all elite and Nova Alliance. That's that's their gimmicks. Um, it's a bunch of them. It's a group of about uh, I'd say about fifteen, sixteen, seventeen guys and girls. And uh, in my opinion, the effort that they put into wrestling, the entertainment side of it, between their promos and their just their out of ring work, and and the fact that they've got this like these two alliances that like transcend organizations, like they're, they're, the, they're these guys in like every company down here. And they're, in my opinion, they're part of the future of wrestling. Um, they're not all the biggest guys, you know, they're not all muscle guys or anything like that, but they, they all play their roles really well. And, and Noah's one of them. And I, and I, I, when I work with, with these guys and I tend to book them all in like almost like a group setting, um, when I work with them, it gives me a little hope for the future because it's people that again are putting caring into the entertainment part of it and like storytelling and, and they give a damn about fans. They want the fans to be taken on a ride. And Noah's one of them. And, it, and he's a good wrestler, man. I like Noah. He's a cool guy too. But uh, most importantly, um, he's one of the guys that gives a shit like the rest of these guys. These, these are the guys that when I book them on a show, I don't have to ask them for a promo or I don't have to ask them to work the crowd. I don't have to ask them to get on, on social media and do things. They already do it. Um, and let me go ahead and give credit where credit's due. I would say that, uh, Aaron Nova, um, is a big influence on both these groups. If not, maybe one of the, you know, quote unquote leaders, if they even have one, but, but Aaron Nova has kind of like been the trickle down that, uh, kind of, trains but doesn't train them to do this um reyes one of my film guys also a great editor isaiah yeah he, uh, he he's behind the scenes he's helping them a lot but um they're all kind of part of this group that's that's good background there that that um i did not know and that's good for the the listeners to hear because certainly i've gotten a tremendous amount of response about noah i'm gonna have noah back on the show uh, in a couple of weeks just to give a full presentation about 
who they are and what they're about and what have you, because people are interested. People are, and certainly when I did the little commercial uh, and put some photos up, certainly shout out to our friend uh, Alan over at River Horse Photography. Excellent, excellent photo shoot with uh, oh, Noah. Uh, people, people loved it, man. People are really curious and interested in this young wrestler who's sticking up for not only their their local wrestling scene, but really their home state. I mean, you know, Noah is a, is a Florida person, so there it's it's a hell of a lot more yeah, thank personal. Thank you for telling me that, also. Them. Thank you for telling me that, also. That makes me very proud of Noah. Already pretty proud of Noah, but that makes me feel good. I, some of the, you know, it's good to hear that good is coming out of the state too. So that that's cool of him, man. Well, and that's that's what it's about. It's it's, you know, Gomez doing this show. It's always been about bringing awareness to what's going on in wrestling. So so certainly from the very beginning, talking about pro wrestling that you may not necessarily hear about. Uh, elsewhere. So that's why I, I feature uh, Middle Kingdom Wrestling in China. I mean, literally, this is a major pro wrestling promotion that's they built themselves up and they're doing their thing over there. And I think that's interesting. And you don't really hear about them in too many places. So that's why when I started the show, that was my first interview, interviewing the guy that runs that, uh, Adrian Gomez. But um, even going, going hey. to talking to trainers, to um, talking to indie wrestlers who were just breaking out, like literally fresh out of, out of uh, wrestling school and, and are trying to make their way and following those journeys there. Uh, my point is that this show is really to help wrestling and, and to hopefully, you know, improve wrestling, make it better because I'm shining a light on things that I believe people should know about and pay attention to. Now, on the flip side of that, there are times when I have to shine a light on some pretty awful stuff. But I've always done so with the intent of improving upon the overall community. That is the goal. That is the point. You know, this thing going on here, um, I was very concerned because when Michael L. Ray reached out to me, he told me flat out, he said, look, man, you're and he said it during the, the, the um, his time on the show, which I'm paraphrasing here. But he basically said, you know, your series about chasing rants. There's been a there's been a ripple effect and a negative ripple effect and it's hurt a lot of indie wrestling promotions here, and now well then stop people are starting shitheads use... that fucking tra- that are chasing friends. <laughs> stop, stop using fucking chasing students that are okay with chasing. Stop working with them. Stop fucking working with. If it's hurting your business, then stop booking questionable fucking people. Guess what? You know what happened when I got the letter at my venue? Nothing. You know why? Because I don't book questionable fucking people. They looked at the letter. They looked at fucking people, and then they realized, oh, this is bullshit, brother. If if a fucking letter about chasing rants having an affiliation with you hurts you, it's because you're sketchy, and people might worry that you have an affiliation with them. If you don't, and you're squeaky clean, then don't worry about the letter. And, and pardon me, I'm not saying that Michael Elray is worried about the letter has an affiliation with Chase. And that's what, not what I was stating. But if you fucking get a letter like this, anyone, and you don't have anything to worry about, then don't worry about it. It's just some knuckleheads trying to fucking hurt you. But if you have nothing to be hurt, then it will not hurt you. See the point here? Well, hey, you're saying it. Just, you're it, saying it 100% there. So, so in your opinion. It's a fucking I, device. I, I just, well, here's what I'm getting at, though. 
and I want your honest take on this, Gomez. Don't don't BS me because you know whether we're we're friends or not. The the reason why we interact is because we shoot straight with each other. We don't play games. Has this show done more harm than good um, to the wrestling scene down there? I mean, I, I'm I'm truly curious and concerned about that. I, I don't think that this show has done any harm to the wrestling scene down here. If anything, it's just made people more aware of who to fucking pay attention to and, you know, open your eyes a little more. I haven't brother. I, I talked to, I talked to a lot of promoters. I I'm the guy down here that does shows with other companies that does shows, the verse shows that does showcases with other companies that give startup companies chances on their show. Incidentally, this is how Michael Elray met me. He didn't like MCU wrestling. He thought it was a new startup that shouldn't be given a shot. I gave them a shot on one of my October shows and uh, he started going off about the promoter and stuff. I defended the promoter, and since then, apparently, from the picture I showed you, he's had an issue with me. By the way, that passing that though, um, I, I I talk to a lot of promoters. I, I work with a lot of good promoters because you know I I do check on people's backgrounds, and I don't want to work with pieces of shit. But like, man, I haven't heard of any promotion down here of any reputability that was hurt by your show influencing anything because your show as down here just brought a light to fucking what's going on. And and it's made people pay attention more and it's made people pay attention to who they're booking. And it's made people pay attention to, you know, a lot of things. And that's about it. If anything, it's helped us step up our game. Uh, It's helped some of the people that didn't know that they should do some background checks, do some background checks. So, I mean, how does that hurt? Oh shit. Uh, everything's safer. Okay. <laughs> Good call. Good call. So, so tell me about what's what's next for Generation Championship Wrestling because we we talked about everything else, but I want to I want to move forward here and talk about your promotion and not just that, but also the food truck stuff. So, for between now and cutting through the summer, what, what do you have going on? What what can folk expect? Um, what do they need to start making sure they save up a couple of bucks for so they can get some entertainment down there? Heard. Um, well, um, while all this drama was starting, I was actually enjoying like a month or two off from wrestling because we hadn't taken a break even through the pandemic. So, um, my wife needed me to take a couple months off for sanity because, you know, wrestling's a little, uh, as you can tell, sometimes a little, uh, stress involved. Um, but, uh, over the summer I have, I, I, I think I have a charity show going on with, um, with somebody in May, one of the bigger wrestlers in the industry. I'm not going to say anything yet because I don't know if the date is hundred percent confirmed. Um, at some point this year, we're, generation championship wrestling is going to do a tag tournament. Um, I, I don't remember if I did a show before or after, but our tag belts and our championship belt have, I, we've, they've gone to intergender meaning it doesn't, you know, male or female can win them. Um, so we want to do a tag tournament at some point, like a big one, kind of like our diamond cup, but obviously for tag teams, um, and culture Inc, our tag champions, they're all about it too. So they've been pushing for me to do that. So I love those guys. I think it was a great idea. It was, wasn't my idea. It was, um, Malik from culture Inc's idea. Um, and I, and I think it's great. I love those guys. I, I can say it. I'm not in heel mode. I love those guys. I think they're doing amazing. Um, I know on September 17th, and I know that's far away, we have the Top Rope WrestleCon, which is a new uh, wrestling convention. It's coming to the fairgrounds in, in Tampa. Um, we have been contacted. We're, we're providing the rings and all that for the WrestleCon. 
after the WrestleCon, we have a show and it's um, the whole evening is going to be Generation Championship Wrestling versus Atomic Wrestling. I'm sorry, Atomic Revolutionary Wrestling. We had their own fair share of drama this past weekend, but they handled it well. Um, very well, I think. Uh, you know, I might have handled it a couple of minutes faster than they did, but they handled it well. Anyway, so, um, other than that, outside of wrestling, we have uh, Generation Entertainment. We have our Grilled Cheese Festival coming up on June 4th. Um, we have a Channel 8 Appreciation Day, so we'll be on TV sometime i think april 6th and then because of that generation championship wrestling is going to be part of a thing on uh on channel 8 news down here they have a new segment coming out called uh put me in coach or something like that uh so i believe one of the anchors on channel 8 is going to be stepping into a generation championship wrestling ring and she's going to be getting a little uh induction into wrestling training by some of our girls so that's going to be fun to watch (laughs) um and other than that, man, I, this year I, we're not going to Mania. We did that, you know, been there, done that. I'm not going to chase WWE around Texas and book the same 40 people that, you know, 50 other companies are booking. Um, and, and I'm not definitely not trying to be like the other GCW and have a collective at Mania every month because then that definitely sounds like I'm just trying to be like them, which I'm not. <laughs> um, so I think after that, uh, like I said, um, charity thing, tag tournament sometime, WrestleCon, and then we're going to do a, I got to squeeze another regular GCW show in there somewhere. But just, just try to keep busy, man. Uh, you know, I, I, I've spent a lot of time over on wrestling and events and traveling the country with the, with my food company and then doing the wrestling shows. And I think this year I also decided to spend a little more time with my family and pay attention to my wife and girls a little more. So I'm not trying to get, a wrestling show or a food show in every month like I used to. So this year is going to be a little more. We're going to do smaller amount of shows with the food company, but bigger shows. So smaller amount, much bigger than usual. Um, And I'm going to try to do a few less wrestling shows, but they're probably going to be a little longer. And I'm going to try to step up the production value of them even more. And uh, we're still working with titlematchnetwork.com. So you can still see all our stuff there Um, about, couple weeks after our stuff gets on title match it gets on our youtube page we're about 150 people away from monetization on our youtube page so please go check stuff out there you know um company makes more our workers make more then you know what that's a good thing so i think that's it that's it yeah good stuff good stuff before i let you go gomez you gotta tell me i mean wrestlemania is coming up and you know you're a food guy i'm a food guy um I, I need to figure out my spread. I, I, I'm already thinking about Korean uh, fried chicken, you know, because they, they have the, the extra crispy at Bon Chan where they yes. double fry it, which is really, really good stuff, man. I love that. And I, do the, I don't do the spicy. I'm not a spicy guy. I do the, the soy garlic because it has a little kick, but it's not super spicy, so it's, it's easy to handle. What's your suggestion for, for finger foods, for foods that, it doesn't have to be a whole big thing. It's stuff that you can eat and you can move around and jump around and enjoy yourself, but it's still fun. What, what kind of finger food should I have on my menu here? Uh, brother, we always do like charcuterie boards and like tapas over here, man. So just little bite-sized stuff, all different rides. Korean fried chicken sounds absolutely amazing, though. I love that stuff. But yeah, that's we that's what we usually do over here when we have parties. We just usually do tapas and little 
you know, micro dishes of this and this and that, you know, um, my wife, Candy is a, I, I'm, I'm a pretty damn good cook. My wife, Candy is a, is a really damn good cook. And it, especially when it comes to parties and gatherings and, and she lives to make like 12, 13, 14 different dishes. It drives her crazy, but she loves it, you know, to make other people say so she's an entertainer too, man. You make people happy and it makes you feel good. So I, I would just go with all sorts of finger foods, man. Just incorporate everything you can. Seriously. Well, well, let me ask you this, because this is and, and this is kind of strange, but I've been it's been racking my brain, man, because I'm having a hard time with it. <laughs> for for your charcuterie board, what type of cracker is your favorite cracker? Um, and and listen, I get it. If you if you do your own like uh, bruschetta, where you're cutting your own bread and stuff like that, you're kind of making your own crustini that's a different story but if you if you use a cracker is there any particular type of cracker that you prefer when you do your charcuterie board we, we usually just use like table water crackers because you know the flavor should be more on the charcuterie unless what's holding it up and most people most americans or where i'm from most southerners are usually using bread or crackers or something like that as basically a scoop to put other stuff on you know so we when we do parties it's usually the ones that are like basically like barely table water crackers you barely taste them they yeah i mean they're nothing so then you don't you know when you're going with charcuterie and pates and fragua and things of that nature you're you're wanting to taste the flavor and the nuance and intricacies of that usually the protein so if you're getting like a ritz cracker that's thick and it's like coated with parmesan and all this stuff you're all you're serving all you're doing yourself is a disservice you're changing the flavor palette of your food with the cracker and if you wanted to taste the cracker, you could just eat the crackers by themselves. You know, if you're if you're going for if you're going for the flavor of crackers, go grab a Triscuit, man. If you're going for a charcuterie board and the protein that's on it, you know, you're just gonna go for something light. Or not at all, or skip it. If you are a content creator and you want a great program that provides studio quality sound especially when you're doing interviews, then I encourage you to check out Zencaster. That's right, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. It is my absolute favorite program to record with. I encourage everyone to check it out, okay? Visit Zencaster.com for more information. Enjoy. Hi, this is Greg Mitchell, owner-operator of UltimateSportsTalk.com. And I'm here on Duke Loves Wrestling. So Ultimate Sports Talk is a website that features uh, columns and live play-by-play and podcasts uh, for sporting events across all the major sports. We've got baseball, basketball, football, um, soccer, MMA, and of course, pro wrestling. Um, So you can find a a lot of different content on each of those major sports uh, throughout the year. And uh, we're excited to give something different than uh, those other sports sites you might be uh, following or paying attention to. Well, Greg, first of all, welcome to the Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast. It is so cool to have you on the show. I know that Ultimate Sports Talk, you know, you guys got a, a very solid reputation for taking the time to get it right and to, you know, deliver on some quality sports info especially when it becomes to pro wrestling as well so kudos to you bro thank you thank you it's a pleasure to be here as well yes sir yes sir so listen greg we're on the road to wrestlemania and it's really interesting the buzz that's surrounding 
WrestleMania right now. There, there, there is no, there is no Hogan Andre. There is no Rock versus Stone Cold. The, the closest thing that we have, it seems, is you know Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. But even still, it doesn't necessarily feel like the biggest thing in history, so to speak. But yet, there's this this buzz that's building, and there certainly is a lot of interest. What's your take from a general standpoint, and especially as a guy that runs a, a major wrestling website, so you, you have a lot of traffic, you get to see what people are paying attention to. What's your take on this year's WrestleMania from a general standpoint? How, how do people feel about it? Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of mixed um, opinions, mixed reactions to, to this. I mean, I know WWE wants everyone to think that it's the most stupendous WrestleMania of all time. Um, but like you said, I, I, you know, it's definitely lacking some of those marquee names. I mean, even the Lesnar Roman Reigns match, while it's been an ongoing story since SummerSlam, you know, building all the way up to this, we've seen it several times. I mean, it's not a match that you've never seen before. Um, so you know, there's a lot of mixed reactions. Like, why should I pay to get the uh, to get the subscription just to watch this when I've already seen it before? And some fans think at this point they they know what's going to happen. Um, so it's it just it's not the same feel as you might have when, you know, this might date me a little bit, but when Hogan and ultimate warrior had never faced each other before on, on massive pay-per-view, that's not here. That's not in this, in, in this event, you've seen this before. Um, but I think that's the challenge for WWE is the, what can they do? That's going to be different or unique because you, it's a two night event. You've got to keep fans interested. Not only do they have the challenge of selling out AT&T stadium, which is supposed to be a hundred thousand tickets for two different nights. So 200,000 tickets across two nights, they've got to sell that out. And then they also have to make sure that people are still watching uh, live on the Peacock um, network. So, and, and internationally on the, the old WWE network. So there's a lot of responsibility with that. Um, and I think fans, like I said, have a mixed reaction to it all. It's either going to be a, a show that people are really, really excited about, or it's going to be a show that like some of the other WWE pay-per-views You've got a lot of people who just hated the entire thing, um, find very little positive things to say about it. I, I, I'm hoping that it's more towards the the positive than anything. I want to come away from WrestleMania with a, a smile on my face and and think, you know, yeah, this was a really solid. Both nights were really, really good. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. It'll be interesting. Have you noticed that the the build to WWE pay-per-views over the past few years has been underwhelming? I've been lacking something, even when the execution has worked out in the end. Well, I think we went from building up matches with promos and uh, and video packages and maybe some in-ring skirmishes, you know, or, or out of the ring skirmishes to now you you've probably seen the match or a, a portion of the match several times. 
uh, on a Raw or SmackDown. You take a tag team match, for example. A lot of times they, they'll do, you know, one of the, the members faces the other member in a, in, a te- in a singles match. And then the next event, the next show, they'll do the flip of that. So you've already seen bits of it. They're already, they've already felt each other out. Um, you know, I, I do know that they are still doing dark matches, uh, in in house shows as they're touring around, but it's, uh, I don't know if they're getting in as much as they normally would, um, on, on those dark matches that used to be where they could try different things in front of a live crowd. And that's how you would know what would work and what wouldn't work when you're, when you're gearing up for the pay-per-view. Now it's they're they're trying again. I don't, I don't know if that's the, the main reason or if it's because gosh, now they've got buku hours worth of content that they have to produce every week that it makes it really, really, I mean, just, Forget about SmackDown and NXT. You've got a three-hour show every week that you have to try to build enough content for. It's really hard to do that without using your main talent. And when you've got storylines that you're trying to build up leading up to a pay-per-view, how are you going? You can't always do that or build enough time for each of that, each of those, without having some sort of in-ring opportunity for the for them to have seen each other or faced each other. So it is very, very different. Um, the landscape is different now. The the amount of content and the, the number of hours that they're building content for is very different now. Um, and I think even the writing style, uh, you can see, has evolved over time. So it's uh, it's definitely different now. You can, you've got people who are probably going to argue that, well, Vince McMahon's at the helm. He's running the show no matter what. It, do- it doesn't matter who's there. Yes, but you know, even something as simple as going public makes the the show very, very different from what it was when it was just a private, you know, McMahon owned organization. Now it's a public company. They've got stockholders to to um, you know respond to and to to <laughs> to try to please, plus the fans. Um, so it's all the, it's a lot about revenues, and uh, you know. The, they're definitely making a lot of money. So I think stockholders are, are probably pretty happy. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, grossing over a billion dollars uh, last year, that that's, a, that's crazy. I mean, for a pro wrestling company, especially at a time period when we know that pro wrestling isn't as popular today as it's been in, in years past. I mean, and I say that we know that because you, you can walk outside. You don't see as many pro wrestling T-shirts. You can walk around and you don't necessarily hear general pro wrestling discussion in places that you go as often as you we may have had in the 90s, you know, especially during the Attitude Era. So for WWE to still find a way to make that kind of money, um, I think it says a lot about where we are as a society today and how competitive entertainment is today you know i think you you hit the nail on the head there if you if you dig into their financials which i've i've done um i'm actually a a phd student um working towards getting my phd here in the next couple of years one of my classes was uh doing a financial analysis so of course i picked wwe because all the the financials are out there and and they're accessible um, so you dig into the details, and it's the the con the TV contracts 
that make up most of their revenues. It's not ticket sales. It's not merchandise sales. It's that. And then what used to be the WWE network was what subsidized the a bulk of the, the organization's revenues. So when you've basically gone from a structure of now I don't need to make money selling tickets, I don't need to make money selling merchandise. Yes, I still have those things, but the benefit of the fans in the seats is more for the experience and the the, the viewing experience as well, not just for the people in the stands, but in watching it at home is you can you could tell over the last couple of years when there were no fans, even the piped in sound was very, very different. Um, so it's the reactions, the the sounds uh, of the events, that's what really brings the value to the on-screen product. It's It has very little to do with money anymore. Well said, well said. So let's talk about the card a little bit. I mean, for you personally, other than Lesnar versus Reigns, which we know that's the that's the big money match, that's what everybody is is banking on, so to speak, mm-hmm. on the WWE side. Other than that, what's the one match that you're the most interested in seeing and why? I, I got to go with Edge and AJ Styles. Um, I think AJ Styles is still one of the best in, in the business. You know, they've... They've proven that by continuing to have him be a champion, whether it's a tag champion or a singles champion, very consistently over his WWE career. Um, you know, and it's funny because he's he's a very interesting oddity in WWE folklore because he made a name for himself before he came to WWE. And he's not one that Vince McMahon has tried to repackage and resell as his own WWE product. I mean, yes, he's evolved over the years, but a lot of the moves and the the styles of matches that he has today, you could go back and watch on impact wrestling. You could watch on in, in TNA and, and ring of honor, new Japan. He was doing those things years ago before WWE. So, you know, and, and it's funny because, you know, a few years back when he had that big marquee matchup with Shinsuke Nakamura, fans who were familiar with their work in Japan were really, really excited. Are we going to get that at WrestleMania? And those fans were really let down because they didn't get that. They didn't get that type of um, type of match that they were expecting. But um I think he still is one of the best in WWE. I'm so excited that they found a marquee match for him to have. Um, you know, Edge, I think you could you could go back to his feud with Seth Rollins. That guy can still go. And he's gonna he's gonna bring it. I'm I'm excited to see what those two can do working together. They've built up the story. They've told it well, and it doesn't have to be that difficult. There's a good guy. There's a bad guy. They have conflict. They're going to fight it out. That's what the story is. Um, so I, I'm really, really pleased with that. What I'm not pleased with is that it's the same night as Lesnar and Reigns. So you've got two of the most marquee matches happening on night two, and on night one, probably the match that I'm most excited about is prob- is Charlotte and, and Ronda Rousey. 
Um, I know they've also got Becky and, and Bianca, but that's like we talked about before, I feel like I've seen that match so many times already. I, I'm not really expecting much more than what I've already seen. I, I feel like I'm going to be let down unless they come up with some sort of really magnificent finish uh, or they do something unique that they haven't already shown the n- number of times that they've been in the ring together. I don't know that I'm going to be that pleased with that match, but Flair and Rousey, I've, I'm excited about that. I don't think Flair can have a bad match. Um, you know, I mean, you could probably go to and pick apart, you know, different matches that maybe she's had, but this is the biggest stage of the year. She deserves to be there. She's at the top of the women's division, regardless of what you want to say about Becky Lynch. She is at the top. She, she's proved it over the last year. She deserves this. And there's no better opponent than Ronda Rousey with that name and that notoriety coming in both nationally and internationally. So that should be a really, really good match. Um, I, and I'm what I'm excited about is that Rousey doesn't appear to have lost anything besides, you know, the, the baby weight. Um, she, she's, uh, she can still go in the ring. Um, so she already had her first match back was already longer than, uh, than what Becky's first match back was. So I'm really happy about that. Um, I wish there was another big match that should be happening on, on the first night. And who knows? I know Seth Rollins still doesn't have, uh, anything lined up yet. Maybe that's where they'll fit in something for, for Seth. Um, but that first night just is it's lacking that big punch except for Charlotte and Rousey for me. How's the traffic been on your site as it relates to anything about Cody Rhodes? I mean, at this point, do do you see that uh, his name is a draw and, and, you know, especially as it relates to potentially going to WWE, is that in fact something that people are interested in or, or is Twitter and the, in the IWC kind of skewing, those thoughts a little bit well so i i think you it's a it's a combination of multiple factors and i would say the the biggest one is that there's not a lot of solid information there's a lot of conjecture and predictions and wouldn't it be great if cody did this and if he showed up here and but we don't even know if he's gonna if he's gonna sign with wwe I haven't seen an official report yet that he has agreed on anything. The The last I had heard was that they were still working through the deals um, and that he was still fighting for creative control. I, I don't blame him because I'd rather not sign a big contract and go from what I've done the last few years to being stardust again. Um, so, and I don't think WWE would do that, but I, he's got to protect himself. So I, I understand why it may not have, have happened yet and why it may not even happen. Um, but that's the thing. I, you know, there's the buildup is more in people's minds. Wouldn't it be great if, but I don't think that's going to be the difference between to, to go back to what we talked about earlier, WWE selling a hundred thousand tickets or not, that's not going to be it. There's enough other content that they've invested so much money and time in that even if they announce it the week before WrestleMania, it's not going to change the show entirely. It's going to be one more match that's already on an established card. Um, you know, so 
those who were going to watch are going to continue to watch. Those who weren't going to watch are probably still not going to watch. They'll find out what happens after it uh, or, or get clips on YouTube or, or uh, on Twitter and, and Instagram. So it's a lot of people talking, a lot of guesses and predictions, but I don't know that at the end of the day, it's going to change too much. That's a, that's a hell of a take there. That is a hell of a take. Wow. Okay. Hot <laughs> off the presses here. Greg's not played any games with you folks. When we talk about ultimate sports talk, there you go. There you go. Well, Greg, what's your take on Vince McMahon? I mean, we see that the, there's been rumors going up and down. He's going to wrestle. Then is he's not going to wrestle. Clearly, there's been no official announcement by WWE about Vince McMahon getting in the ring. Um, is that something you want to see? I mean, do you, do you think that it would make sense for Vince McMahon to to do any type of wrestling match or something similar to it at all at WrestleMania this year? No, <laughs> not at all. I mean, I it, for it's not anything that I want to see. I could, um, if anything, I could see him potentially coming down. I'm sure what's going to be a very very long ramp, um, and maybe slapping Pat McAfee in the face. You know, something like that. There could be there could be some sort of a moment in, in that way. But I was really happy when the rumor started coming that it was going to be, you know, Vince and Pat McAfee facing each other. or Vince was going to was going to face someone. Um, I was really happy that they went the Austin Theory route. I think story wise, it makes sense. They've been building Austin Theory is, uh, you know, kind of the student uh, of Vince. You got to do what's unpredicted. Um, so I'm excited that they went down that path because I really don't want to see somebody in their 70s have a match. That's not whether they were a full time wrestler before or not. Um, you know, it's funny. I uh, I was recently watching. I think it was WrestleMania 17 where uh, where Vince fought Shane and they had the story where Linda was in the wheelchair and she was basically a vegetable. And then she woke up out of all of it. And I, th I think kicked Vince in the, in the private area. Um, but it was uh, even that match I felt like was, you know, Shane really carried it and he's always been the more athletic of, of the McMahon family. Um, so I don't, I don't care to see another Vince McMahon match. And I don't think really fans care to see either. Again, that's not going to make the difference between the most stupendous show as it is today and what might happen on WrestleMania night. Um, it'll just be another blurb on the, on uh, the results sites. Uh, here's what happened. I don't think it's going to do too much for the show. So keep it the way that it is. Austin Theory, Pat McAfee, I'm good with that. Vince can come down and maybe interfere a little bit or slap him in the face or something. But anything more than that, I don't want to see some guy in his 70s getting the crap kicked out of him. What, what's your take on this here? Because we see a phenomenon happening, Craig. And I'm glad I have you on here because, again, you're a reputable guy. You're someone that is focused on going beyond the norms. And that's why Ultimate Sports Talk has been successful. Um, do you blame the WWE for not doing more to squash some of these outlandish rumors? 
or half-truths. I mean, Vince McMahon wrestling at WrestleMania, Stone Cold wrestling at WrestleMania, Cody Rhodes is going to sign, he's going to be there. A lot of folks, you see a backlash because the usual suspects who report on rumors and what have you have have pushed this all these concepts as if they were happening. And now that we know that it's more than likely not happening, there's this, well, WWE, they lied to us. And it's like, well, wait a second. Did they ever say that? What's your take on that? Should, should WWE do more to squash this stuff? Or should the onus really be on those spreading these rumors in the first place? Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll answer that in two parts. The first part is I, I think the onus needs to be on those that are are spreading the rumors in the first place. Um, you know, you, we, we talked about this off air, but this is a perfect opportunity. You know, even the Jacksonville show that, that recently aired, there was a lot of rumors that that's if, if Cody was going to show up and that's where the big match was going to be announced for WrestleMania, that's the, that's the right night. Cause it's right in AEW's backyard. And, you know, Vince would be given the finger to Tony Khan. Ha ha. I, I won again. Um, and so a lot of fans tuned in to that show and watched all the way up to the very last minute when Kevin Owens ended up winning against Seth Rollins and no Cody. And so it's, you know, a lot of fans after that are just livid on Twitter and, and Instagram and upset that they felt like they were lied to. But uh, nobody ever said that that was going to happen. WWE never said that that was going to happen. Cody Rhodes camp has been very quiet about this entire thing. He hasn't signed anywhere. At least it hasn't been announced or, or finalized. And that's still the status quo until, you know, otherwise reported or otherwise seen. So I think a lot of the onus needs to be on those that are reporting it. When you're making a prediction, whether founded or unfounded, you need to state that that information is not confirmed by any kind of reliable source. Um, you know, I think I've seen, I, I do subscribe to Fightful on Patreon, and, and I saw that even when they had reported it, they mentioned specifically, you know, this might happen, and there's talks about some sort of Cody announcement or, or Cody appearance, but WWE has confirmed that it's not, there's nothing guaranteed, and they've not heard anything from or received any kind of con comment from the Cody Rhodes camp. That's what they need. You know, the people who are digesting that information need to take from it. Not, oh, this could happen. And wouldn't that be great? And let's talk about how great that would be or how bad that would be. Now it just becomes the, the small little piece of this isn't confirmed becomes just forgotten. And it, it, everyone thinks, oh, this is what's going to happen now. So there's a, a lot of the onus is on that. And now in my example, Fightful did what they were supposed to do. But there's other, there's other groups that take these little like clickbait comments and say Fightful reports. And it's just to get somebody to pay attention to them. And they, they forget to, to tell the people reading or digesting the information, this is not confirmed. Nobody's promising anything. There's no guarantee that this is going to happen. Uh, so that's that's one of the, the big areas. Part two, I would say, though, is you know going back to WWE. They, 
the the quote that I'll I'll say here is there's no such thing as bad news. You know, and, and that's the same thing with WWE. They any news is good news for them, whether bad or good or anything. If they, if somebody is talking about them and talking about their product, whether founded or unfounded, confirmed or not confirmed, it's good because people are interested, people are excited, they're trying to to find out what's happening. That's potentially money in their pocket. And you know, even something as simple as the the Jacksonville event, raw viewers have been down for for years now i mean it's been it's been quite a while since before the pandemic really um and so now we're finally getting to a point where we're building up to wrestlemania the most stupendous wrestlemania ever why wouldn't they let people think that cody Rhodes might show up why wouldn't people want to pay attention to all three hours of the the raw event to see maybe he's going to show up now uh you know you never know and so you had fans hooked. I don't blame them. Why would you? Why wouldn't you just let them let them sit? Now, yes, there might be some backlash, but WWE didn't say anything. This is all people outside of WWE making a making it seem like this might might happen. So in my eyes, they didn't do anything wrong. They're reaping the benefits of of probably a breakdown in this uh, segment of our culture that thinks that I can just type whatever I want to or say whatever I want to in social media and that makes it, you know, official. That's not the case here. And fans need to be very careful where they're, where they're getting their information and what they choose to believe or not believe. How do you handle when information that you're told? Cause I mean, listen, we all have sources, anybody who's doing anything related to media People will uh, enjoy what we do and then want to give us information, especially when they want to leak information. It's it's a pretty common thing. It's not hard mm-hmm. to develop sources, even when you're not trying to. Uh, but how do you handle when you, you do post misinformation or information that's just flat out incorrect? Do you do any kind of retraction or, or updates or anything like that? And, and what's your advice for other websites as it relates to things like that? Sure. So I can say over the over the time that we've had our website, um, we're very clear that if it's an opinion column, that this is exactly what it is. There's no facts. Uh, we may state some facts, but any new information or breaking news types of reports, that is not where we excel. That's not what we're known for um, because of that exact reason. I don't want to put our our website and the readers of our website or, or anyone who's digesting what we're putting out there in any of the different types of media that we're, we're publishing in a situation where they don't believe what we're doing is reputable anymore. And that's exactly what happens is if you, if you publish something, say breaking news, this is what's going to happen. And then it, it turns out not to be the case. Um, or you don't, and this is, this is, to the other part of your question, what are what can you do, or what should other other uh, groups be doing? You've got to confirm and get second confirmations, even that this is what's definitely happening. This is the news. If you can't get multiple sources to corroborate a story, then you shouldn't publish it. That's my that's that's how I operate, and that's what I've done. We've only broken um, 
broken news one time, and it was for a trade that was announced uh, for the Cincinnati Reds um, several years ago. I can't remember, honestly, the trade at this point, um, but we found out from someone who was within the organization and had multiple sources who could corroborate that it was going to happen. And after we had posted uh, this announcement, then it, it ended up being uh, it became national news, not sorry, citing us as a source. Um, but they, you know, all the same outlets were getting the same information from different members of the, the same organization. So it wasn't like this was, you know, not accessible to others. We just happened to be one of the first ones to report it. So, um, you know, what, what I suggest is I, while I would love to be one of those first outlets to report that this is what's going to happen, I don't want our reputation to suffer as a result of it. And I, I'm happy with our fan base. I think they're happy with what we're known for. And, and that's not something that I want to jeopardize. So we're not going to be that breaking news outlet. We are going to be very factual uh, unless it's an opinion column um, or a series like uh, on our website right now, there's my uh, pro wrestling journey series where I started looking at professional wrestling from not just the WWE and AEW impact wrestling lens, but I started looking at other organizations on the indies and, and reviewing their events. Now, at the end of the day, who am I? I'm just some guy who really enjoys professional wrestling and I've been watching it for decades. But, you know, so to one extent, I, I kind of struggle with, should I really be reviewing these events? So I don't want to have the star rating. I don't want to, that's not me. I, I'm not going to try to claim that I'm a, a serious expert in this. It's, I'm a fan. I enjoy it. And so I'm doing it as a hobby and I'm doing it for the fun of it because I get pleasure out of it. And, you know, people who are reading the material seem to get pleasure out of it, too. But that's what I want to be known for. That's what I want Ultimate Sports Talk to be known for. Um, these other outlets that want to try to be like everybody else and try to you know either get clickbait um, types of snippet reports out there uh, or do things that you know, may report things that may not be founded. You know, it's just doing a disservice to our community. And I, I'm going to call it a community because any anyone who's a professional wrestling fan, we're all part of one community. Now, yes, we're all regionalized and we're in different areas nationally, internationally and all of that. But we have one central uh, appreciation for professional wrestling. We have disagreements just like everybody else, but we're one community. Um, so I appreciate that. And I think there's, there's definitely space for everybody, what you like or don't like what you agree with or don't agree with. That's, that's up to you, but we're all one community. And, and I, I like that about professional wrestling. You know, one of the things that you and I have connected about the most, uh, Greg is exactly that, that series, the fact that you're digging deep and, and in search of what else is out there in pro wrestling, as opposed to just the, the mainstream stuff that everyone is, is talking about ad nauseum uh, because you know, it happens. We're in a situation where you start hearing the same talking points. Everyone's uh, rewriting the same stories. And it's just like, dude, you're, you're 
you're playing around with a grain of sand when you have a whole beach out there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we got pro wrestling in China. <laughs> so I want to talk to those people <laughs> over there and find out what the hell is going on. You know, so that's why I did the Middle Kingdom Wrestling Series. There's, there's wrestling all over the world. Russia, there's wrestling in Russia. There's wrestling in Brazil. There's So it's Jamaica has wrestling. So it's like to it's for you to take the time to seek out what else is out there. And you've been putting out some great stuff as it relates to the Indies, especially uh, here in the United States. It's just cool. It's really cool. And I tip my hat to you, Craig. Um, Why don't you let everybody know? Because we've talked about it. What's the best way that they can keep up with ultimate sports talk and all the things that come along with that? Sure. Um, so, of course, you can visit our website, uh, ultimatesportstalk.com. Um, that's where you can get all the latest, uh, whether it's audio or just uh, just our columns that get posted. That's It's all there. Uh, you can subscribe to our RSS feeds straight from there as well. Um, but as far as our podcast content, you can uh, subscribe anywhere where you listen to podcasts. We've got live play-by-play um, archives. Um, we've got a a really good relationship with a small uh, division three school in, uh, in the Kentucky Cincinnati area, uh, Mount St. Joseph university. And uh, we, we do the dedicated uh, play by play for that university for most of their major sports. Um, So definitely recommend that uh, you check that out. If you're interested in, in that type of content, Uh, we will be doing more professional wrestling podcasting, uh, but very different than, uh, a lot of the other podcasts you might see. So um, you know, definitely keep your eyes and ears open for that. But the last place and probably the most significant, uh, if you're interested in kind of some real time interaction is on Twitter. Um, you can follow us on at alt sports talk uh, on Twitter. And we're, we're on there all the time. Um, it is a, a handle that I operate myself. So if you're communicating with that uh, Twitter account, you are communicating directly with me. Um, so you can hit me up in the DMs. You can, you know, co- comment or tag us in a in a post on there or a tweet, and uh, you know, you know, you'll probably get some sort of interaction with us. So very interactive with the fans, and excited to uh, continue to be part of this, you know, sports wide community. Now, before I let you go, Greg, where are you from uh, originally? Where, what what uh, part of the country are you from? Sure. So I grew up in Northeast Ohio, uh, about an hour, hour and a half south of Cleveland. Um, so grew up a Cleveland Indians, Cleveland Browns, Cleveland Cavs fan, um, and then relocated to uh, the Cincinnati area for a few years. And now I'm based out of Chicago. Uh, so we've been in Chicago now going on five years. And um, I I try to say that just by living regionally for or in a in a new city for a while, I have to inherit uh, new teams uh, as my favorite team. So, you know, I am uh, sort of becoming a Cubs fan and sort of becoming a Bears fan. Uh, but my heart will always be with the Cleveland teams. Uh, I, I always enjoy those those programs, those organizations. Well, listen, Greg, you know, not only does Duke love wrestling, but Duke loves food. And I have a long standing <laughs> feud with people all over the country about food that I just cannot figure out. I don't understand why people do these things. Um, 
and I'm going to challenge you right now because you're going to have to give it to me straight. What the heck is Skyline Chili and why the heck does it exist? I, I blame you personally for allowing this stuff to continue to exist out there. What is going on with this Skyline Chili stuff and, and you folks from Ohio? Why? <laughs> well, I will say it's not uh, it's not all of Ohio. Um even living in Northeast Ohio, I had never heard of Skyline until I got down in in the southwestern part of the state. Um, and I had heard of the chain Skyline, but never never really knew what it was. So my first experience with what they call Skyline Chili, um, which is really just chili on top of spaghetti noodles, was actually at a... Um, um, it was at a, another family chain. It was not the actual Skyline restaurants. Um, so, and that was awful. The, the chili was horrible. The, the noodles were undercooked. It was really not, not good at all. So it took me about two more years after that to actually, I, I went out with some coworkers and uh, went to a Skyline restaurant where I tried it for the first time. And it is uh, definitely an acquired taste. It probably won't be your thing the first one or two times, uh, but after that, you you start to develop a taste for it. And it got to the point for me where before we moved away, I was going to Skyline at least once a week. Um, there was one right at the end of our driveway from uh, from my my work um, parking lot, and uh, I would go there every day for lunch. Uh, well, not every day, every week for lunch. Um, at that time I was less fit than I am now. Um, and so I was having a, a Mountain Dew. They've got tremendous Mountain Dew, highly recommended. I don't know what makes it different than other places, but the only two places that I found that have Mountain Dew that just tastes the best is Skyline Chili and Taco Bell. Um, those two places have tremendous taco, uh, sorry, uh, Mountain Dew. So I would get that, and then um, I would have the the Skyline. I would do the three-way. I recommend getting it dry unless you want to get a bib, um, because if you if you get it as it normally comes, there's a lot of sauce and, and wetness that comes with it. So it does get very sloppy and all over the place. Um, so you can order it dry, and it'll come with just the, the chili on top and, and the noodles, and it tastes just as good. But what makes it really special is all the cheese that they put on. They mound the cheese on it. And that cheese, I don't know what makes it so different than other cheeses, but it just tastes so good. Um, so it's really, really hard not to enjoy Skyline, you know, with all that cheese on top of it. Well, let me table that for a second, because in terms of the fountain drink, <laughs> you said Mountain Dew. It's like uh, McDonald's and Sprite. McDonald's has the best Sprite on the planet, bar none, McDonald's Sprite is is spicy. It gives you a kick. It's like, whoa, that's that damn, that's the best Sprite I've ever had in my life. Because they do something extra to it. So I think that's what's happening, even with Skyline and the Mountain Dew. It's not just like regular Mountain Dew you get anywhere else. They're doing something extra to it to give it a little bit more of a punch. And you're right, Taco Bell Mountain Dew, it just it's almost like there's a slightly higher syrup. Uh, mm -hmm, ratio right. in there, which which gives it a little bit more flavor than what you would get out of a can or a bottle or have you. So yeah, that's that's good stuff there. So I, I agree with you on the on the uh, 
the Mountain Dew. But but now let me get back to a point here because Greg, you and I were having a good time agreeing about a lot of things, but there's a reason why the Duke gets canceled like every other day. And it's because when I disagree about something, it can become an international incident. And I'm going to tell you right now, Greg, okay, because I got friends in China. I got friends in Italy, or as 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 we Italians say, Italy, okay? And I'm going to tell you, I'm, a, I'm an honorary Italian, just so you know. I, I lived in East Boston when it was predominantly Italian. I was adopted into the family, so I'm just letting you know I'm Paisan. So, so I know a little something about spaghetti, okay? And... This is not spaghetti. I can say that for sure. Okay. So we're getting somewhere now. Now you understand what yeah. I'm talking about here, Jack. This and, is not spaghetti. Yeah. You're, this is not the same as a as a really solid marinara. Like it no. is uh it is chili. So <laughs> and not so even a good chili at that. So it's not even a good chili. This is my point. So you take two dishes. You got spaghetti, you have chili, and they put it together and mess it up. And you have the audacity <laughs> to tell the world right now because we're we're big time. Listen, I got I got listeners in Brazil, I got listeners in in Thailand, I got listeners in South Africa. We got we got listeners all over the world here. You just told the entire world that the chili's not good, that it's not spaghetti, that they're using the type of cheese that you've never had before. Who even knows if it's really cheese? It could be something else. Who, who even knows if it's cheese? And you had the audacity to go there at least once a week to eat this stuff. And then you said, I get it dry, which is just the most fascinating thing. I've never heard of dry chili before. So, so Greg, my question to you is, are you purposely going out of your way to prove to the world that you do not have a gourmet palate, or was this by accident? <laughs> uh, well, first of all, I never said that I have a gourmet palate, but <laughs> but um, I also said at the beginning that it is very much an acquired taste. Nobody, I, I don't know anyone who tries it for the first or second time and is like, "This is phenomenal. I have to have this again." Um, but it's. I, I guess in that way, it's almost you could you could almost relate it similar to beer. Like uh, not a lot of people think that beer tastes good the first time, but the more you do it, you force yourself and you start to build up a, a taste for it. So give it a try. Uh, if it's not for you, it's not for you. I don't think it is for everyone. Um, but I would also say don't try to do it on your own. It's not one of those meals you try to make yourself at home. Um, it's very special to this specific chain. I've had other skyline chili, um, type of recipes before. It's not the same. It's not whatever they do with their chili and whatever it, it's not the same unless you get it exactly that brand. So, so Greg is doing his own skyline chili commercial now, uh, in the vein of, of the WWE dis disclaimer, please, whatever you do, don't try this at home. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Listen, Greg, I I trust Ultimate Sports Talk for for your reporting on all things sports, including pro wrestling. I'm not sure I trust your culinary uh, expertise here, especially as it relates to spaghetti and chili and things that you call cheese. But despite all of that, you're a great guy, and I appreciate you for joining us on Duke Loves Wrestling. 
All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. This has been great. Take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.